Hello there, you trembling trumpeters. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese is the name of the podcast. And the number, the numero, is 188. Now, 88 to two fat ladies, 188, probably a little bit more rotund, trying to scramble over a wall. The sort of wall that you would try to scramble over during your Duke of Edinburgh competitions, where you had to go camping in the Dales or Derbyshire, the Peak District, when it was like minus six outside. And the smart people would decide that this isn't for me. I'm going to try my hand at forestry and get splinters in my fingers and then get out of that becoming the editor of the school magazine. Now that's what I did. What did you crafty devils do to get out of the uh, Duke of Edinburgh situation? Because you'd have to scramble over walls. And those walls in the Peak District, they come crumbling and trembling down pretty easily. Uh, Little bits of rock jutting out, built over centuries that uh, were built around sheep grazing and everything else. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, and that, that it's like those walls can come tumbling down at any time you want. And that's not very pleasant, is it, really? You don't want to go to... Exactly, if you're a little bit of a larger fella, you, it's, it's going to be like playing Peak District Wall Jenga. That's what it's going to be if you're clambering, clambering over those. Welcome along to the show... Yes, it is I, your dearest host, Chappie the British Butler. And today, I mean, it's, it's a lazy trumpet day. There's going to be several lazy trumpet days through the summer. And I will draw your attention to the lazy trumpet days through the summer we're talking about. I mean, on the Butler Emporium playlist, let's uh, get some Lazy Trumpet songs on. The Butler Emporium playlist is basically, it's interspersed, it's punctuating my nonsense with brilliant songs. And we'll throw out a few Lazy Trumpet songs today if we can uh, if we come up with a few. I'm sure there's a whole litany of uh, Lazy Trumpet songs to get, out, get you in the mood of the summer. It's going to be 80 degrees. And today I sort of imagine a riverbank... Maybe loosely round a toe, a bottle of champers wafting in the water, cooling, chilling down, some sandwiches, maybe beautiful smoked salmon, crust cut off, some cream cheese, lovely bit of cake, maybe some ginger cake to get you into the heat of the moment. That would be rather nice as well. Egg and cress as well today. As long as you store them, Corby's. I, I imagine the, the whole egg and cress experiment might go nastily wrong if you leave it out in the sun for too long. It's a little bit like I remember a cricket match that I watched when people were drinking uh, cider on the boundary, apple cider, the alcoholic variety on the boundary. It had been left out there, hadn't been chilled. And I tell you something, that hits you pretty quickly. It gets you drunk and it upsets the stomach no end. It's diarrhea on the boundary. And of course, there's you know very little trees around a lot of cricket grounds. So you've got that situation going as well, where you're trying to find a bush, a tree, anything you like to get rid of the fermented apple cider that's stirring around in your stomach. Forget going on a roller coaster. You don't need that. It's stirring. It's moving around. It's tumbling around. It's like the whole tombola in your stomach and you have to get rid of it as quickly as you can. But if you're laying by a riverbank with a lovely picnic with the one you love today, 
then God bless you. That sounds like the perfect day today and hopefully you're having a lazy trumpet kind of day too. I think when you're thinking of lazy trumpets, I'm thinking of Herb Alpert and the Tijuana brass section. That, to me, is the laziest of all trumpets. Beautiful, uh, beautiful diamonds by Janet Jackson, Herb Alpert. Absolutely fantastic. The Tijuana brass section. Now, I, don't, I have to say, on my solo trip to Mexico one time, my only trip, um, I heard some pretty bad mariachi bands. Now, I wonder, I think it's a very, very difficult thing to be in a mariachi band, but I haven't heard many good ones before. When you're talking about trumpet and brass, though, herb, herp, is it herb or herp? As I always get confused, because we call, obviously, in the UK, everything's herbs. The things that you flavor food with, the beautiful delights, leaves and ground up spices, the herbs and spices. And we, um, and, but, but over, it's in the US, it's herbs. Herbs. Sounds like you should be in a lower low. Listen very carefully, I said this only once. Have you ground your herbs? I have some herbs and I want to ground them. I find it very difficult. I can't even say it now. I have to say herbs. It's like the silent H. I want to say H instead of H. I don't want to say H. Herbs. Herbs. Eps, eps, eps. Anyway, so lazy trumpet kind of day. Soak up the sun if you can. On the podcast last time, we talked about the easy rider being at the back of the tandem bicycle. I found out today, though, I, I was looking and I don't really like observe or, uh, you know, my eyes sort of wander onto the cyclist. I, I have a certain sort of hatred towards a lot of the cyclists. Now, if somebody's like meandering along, uh, like John Wayne style, uh, with their legs out 10 to 2, and a basket and a bell, like meandering along, can't go in a straight line, that's fine. If they're aer- aerodynamic, with like the uh, weird cone-shaped helm- helmet, like the penis on the back of your head-shaped helmet, to try to get through, cut through all the wind, yeah, that's just ridiculous. And they all look the same. They all look like it could be a Bond character. Sunglasses on, sort of slightly out of fashion, 90s Oakleys on, and uh, shaven heads. Everything's very aerodynamic. Not an ounce, not a single scrap, not a sin- single dander of hair on their body because they want to be so streamlined. And that's it. I saw two or three guys. And uh, you could tell, like, the head completely shaved, everywhere completely shaved, just to cut through that wind a little bit better. Now, they're not going to be, they're not going to be lazing by uh, the pond today or the river. They're not going to be messing about on the river, are they? They're going to be uh, cutting through a lot of wind here in Colorado and going as fast as they can, their personal best, tracking every second, every mile of their journey. Whereas you should be popping a glass of chilled champagne, pouring it into a glass, soaking up the ray. Maybe a Panama gently pressed down over the eyes so you can have 40 winks on your red tartan blanket as you decide well should i go for the cream cake no i think i'm gonna go i'm getting i'm gonna go lemon drizzle i think maybe or a slice of the ginger cake as well that would be absolutely fantastic that's the sort of day it is it's not you not a day to be rushing around wondering uh, wondering where your next uh, personal best will be on the cycle anyway 
we talked about breakfast burritos in the bus, how it sharpens your senses, how basically the SAS, these guys, special forces, that's how they train to become as sharp as attack. If they're going on a mission and they want to be sharp as attack, try to eat a breakfast burrito in the buff without uh, spilling molten hot cheese down the altogethers. No, you do want, want that. Tractor top trumps as well. We heard the Dominator. We heard the raucous sound of the Dominator tractor uh, starting up. And we hazarded a guess. That's what the MP was looking at. Maybe it was a leather-clad tractor. Can you imagine that? Leather-clad tractor, probably with mud splattered everywhere as well. That's even more of a, a little bit of an irrational turn-on for that MP, potentially, as well. And also, do you wear new pants before your workout or after? Because I was thinking about this. You know, I probably put a pair on that I had on the day before and not, uh, not the day after as well. We talked about that on the podcast as well and you know when you pass yourself by date when your girlfriend texts you and asks you does tea expire like i'm the oracle of all-knowing knowledge about the expiration of tea that is the way it's gonna go for me now until the end of time today on the podcast problem when you dive into rotten milk without realizing it uh, you know you're old when you're outdriven on the golf course by a kid uh, baby, baby back ribs are insipid. The adult bib, something that I require. Uh, also, did you enjoy naked gardening uh, day? Did a hornet sting you on the bottom? Did you accidentally get a couple of pricks? Well, there's a lot of pricks around. I saw a couple on the golf course the other day. Uh, and also eating corn on the cob with etiquette as well. That could probably slide into the category of eating with a bib. Noisy golfing bros, were they the pricks? Possibly, possibly. Are you a cooker? Never heard of a cooker before. I've heard chef, cook, but are you a cooker? I didn't talk about that on the podcast, but maybe we need to do that today. Also, the dishonest mover. Uh, we talked about that. I think we did. did we talk about that? I can't remember. Sweaty Maradona shirts and uh, how I'm being advertised, how I should be putting foamy mousse in my hair to keep on to hang on to my antiquated luscious locks. Because those naughty little uh, AI elves out there, the internet elves, are basically saying, I'm losing my hair. Just because of a high forehead, they think I need hair restoration mousse. We're also talking about the uh, train spotter, Francis Bourgeois. I think his real name's Nicholas. He's a very enthusiastic young chap who goes around spotting trains. And he has about 2 million TikTok followers, 1 million on Instagram. And this guy basically gets charged up. Oh, so excited, probably a little bit too excited when he hears a train coming along and the driver waves at him. And, and I tell you something, when he goes into the uh, train compartment to drive the thing, it, it's like a, a child at a candy store. It was like a child first entering into Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. That's how excited Francis is. But he said that he became embarrassed with his obsession of train spotting and decided he put gel in his hair and spiked up his hair uh, and uh, pay more cool and uh, then afterwards he decided no I don't want to be cool I want to spot trains it's making me think about the whole gel I had to put hair gel on my hair and I am basically a crispy crustacean on top here this is why I don't if you can can you hear that it's like crispy it's like it's like uh 
a windscreen wiper on a on a on a windscreen of a of a car. It's it's like that sort of it's like I don't know. Well, it's certainly not smooth and swamping back and forward. It's like a crispy sound, and that and that's why I need to need to obviously go back to the uh, hair clay again. I think, but you just don't want that crispiness here. Now, anyway, moving along, my um, my dearest uh, neighbour is smoking marijuana again, and I think I've said this before. My beautiful, pristine white car keys are now a yellowy shade. It, they basically look like the wallpaper in a Havana uh, plantation, where they're like rolling up the cigars here. The the acrid smoke of the marijuana has uh, turned my car keys yellow. But on a day like this, as I said, lazy trumpet day. I sort of want to lose my long pointed schneck to drill through the wall and have a good old sniff of the good stuff because it's really going today. I think I'm actually presenting this podcast to you slightly high. Well, probably as high as a kite in, in, in many ways here. That's what I'm thinking about lazing on a riverbank and uh, having a picnic because it's, it's, it's thick in the air today, the, uh, the marijuana. And I think my nose could be almost like a corkscrew. Just drill it in there, take a whiff, and then be on my way. I thought I had a very good sniffer on me until I realized the other day I'd been an entire day drinking rancid milk, putting it in my tea, putting it on top of my uh, shredded wheats, my little mini wheat things that I eat. And at the top of the, uh, the, top of the whole uh, shop with the mini wheats, mini wheats on the top was dry as hay bales in the summer. And that's how I imagine them. They're like sort of small little mini hay bales, aren't they? Wheat laden. So I like those. I, don't, I, I mean, I could probably eat them without, uh, without milk. But as I got down, I was thinking there is something very wrong with this milk. There's something very odd about this situation. It was the most rancid milk that I'd ever eaten. But I didn't want to waste these beautiful little nuggets of wheat. And I was eating these uh, mini wheats that were soaked in basically rotten rancid milk. And I'd been drinking this milk. It's been going in the tea for about a day and a half. But at that moment, I decided, because I think even the mini wheats, they, you know, as they soak, they should go to the bottom. Even the mini wheats were floating on top, but that's how bad, that's how rancid the milk was. They didn't want to be sinking down into the depths of this hideousness. Mini wheats could doggy paddle. That's what they were doing. They're trying to keep their crusty weediness above this horrible milk. And uh, after that, I had to get rid of the milk. But how long have you ever gone drinking slightly off milk? I mean, this wasn't even slightly off. It was, it, was, it was lumpy. You know how it goes, it gets all curdled. I don't think milk lasts as long as it used to, does it really? I mean, people, did, people did not, didn't always put milk in the fridge. Just used to leave it out for a long time. Because the more pasteurized it gets, the less long, the less long it lasts, I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's not recommended because Okay, you've eaten garlic, and if you've eaten garlic, then your partner uh, or lover or whatever has to eat the garlic too. With the rancid milk, that's trying to like trying to get the taste of garlic out of your mouth. It's almost as bad. It sort of soaks into the tongue, and then you have a sour tongue for the rest of the day. So getting back into golf, 
started golf in 86 and played a lot for about 10 years and then it drifted away over the years. And now I'm just playing golf again and it's, it's much better when you start playing a game and you don't take it quite so seriously. Although I still, like yesterday, I played horribly. Like the first couple of games back I played, played quite well, played horribly yesterday. And you think, why, why on earth did I start doing this again? And then your partner, who's just starting to play golf, I mean, she's extremely keen, keen as mustard, and uh, is all very excited. But I remember when I first started, I was absolutely ecstatic about it. I mean, my dad was incredibly, he loved golf. He built a, bunk, a couple of bunkers in the green for golf. That's how much he loved golf. And you get sort of addicted to it. That's how, much, that's how wonderful the, the game is. Um, but anyway... Getting back into it, playing quite well the first two weeks, not very well yesterday. You know you've probably reached your pinnacle when you've got a young man, probably a teenager, who's just starting out and you feel like you've hit your best shot of the day. I mean, this could be a mantra for life. You hit it right out of the screws, it's your best shot of the day. And then this uh, spotty, spotty teenager, this young lad, sort of half hits a shot and outdrives you. Now, you could be, I, I don't know, I don't think anybody's ever been emasculated so quickly. I mean, I'm sure like George and Seinfeld with that whole shrinkage episode in the Hamptons, that's, you know, if that sort of situation happens, that's probably the quickest you're ever going to become emasculated. But second quickest is when a spotty teenager who's just starting out sort of hits one on the end of the toe and he outdrives you by 20 yards. And then you're thinking, you know what? into a windmill or out of a clown's mouth is the best it's going to get for me from now until the end of days. Something I've never got into since living in America is the whole obsession with ribs. Ribs on the bone, ribs without the bone, ribs of the fat, baby back ribs, all of it. I just can't do it. If I actually see it, it turns my stomach. It's a little bit like spam, but I think ribs turn my stomach quicker than probably the sour milk does, uh, and spam. Add those two things together. I just don't get it. Firstly, I, I, I can't do, even with a pork chop, I can't do the fatty piece anymore, unless it's very, very crispy. If it's like crackling, if it's crackling or crackling rollsy, then I actually love it. But if it's too fatty, can't do it. And the fatty sort of ribs, awful. I mean, where the fat just pulls off, it's gelatinous and awful. I just can't, I mean, I saw somebody with it yesterday, it's like turned my stomach. It made me, it made me want to get another drink. And, and to be honest, I firstly served like the most insipid type of um, margarita, frozen margarita I think I've ever had. And then the second one was absolutely fantastic, strawberry margarita. Really into, I think I mentioned this recently, really into the strawberry margaritas at the moment. But again, another old problem. I get brain freeze much worse than I used to. I could used to be able to chug a strawberry margarita within seconds. Now I have to do it like a sip at a time or I get brain freeze. And I think this is another, this is another ailment. Once you get over 45 years old, you just can't handle, you can't handle the booze, but you can't handle, handle the frozen anymore. It really does. It feels like I'm in Mr. Freezer's underground lair. My head becomes completely frozen as I'm gulping down this strawberry margarita. But I needed it after seeing the ribs. 
I mean, I'm not a huge fan of having to pick up food to eat it with your fingers. Firstly, I don't like, you know, getting all the grease and everything in my nails. I don't like my fingers dirty. But you can never get that sort of sweetness and fattiness off your fingers very easy. You have to go and wash your hands. A napkin is never going to be enough for you. If I can't eat it with a knife and fork, and I do eat pizza on occasion with a knife and fork, if I feel that it's going to, if there's not enough uh, structural integrity, as, as I hear quite often, uh, then I need a knife and fork. And I know, I'm not, I, I don't think I was brought up to eat finger foods because I'm very, very messy. It's like I need a bib. I mentioned this at the top of the show. I need some sort of adult bib as a catch-all to my messy food habits. So trying to get queso onto a tortilla chip. Now, I may be an over-dipper. I may not try to overstack my tortilla chip when I'm going in for the dip. That is entirely possible. And it has to be a pretty thick chip to hold the weightage, the tonnage of the uh, amount of food that I want on that chip. But I think if I could get like an adult bib, you know, slightly sort of rolled over at the end like a baby has, then it's not gonna be spilling everywhere. I think I need to do that. I'm much better with a knife and fork than I am uh, than I am finger foods. And I think that's the thing with ribs. I don't want to get my fingers dirty. I don't like to be gnawing next to a bone. That makes me feel like I'm a dog. And that fatty thing just basically puts me off uh, anything. And also corn on the cob. Like I was delivered the corn on the cob with a stick there. Now, what are you meant to do with that? How are you meant to eat a corn on the cob uh, with the stick? Well, you're meant to gnaw it down, aren't you? Sort of caveman style. And that's, that's what I did. It gets sort of stuck in the teeth here. If you've got gappy British teeth, then all the kernels and rind of the, uh, <laughs> of the corn gets stuck everywhere. And my girlfriend, she was like looking at me like I'm like the biggest beast ever. Like I'm a mix between Fred Flintstone and Hannibal Lecter eating a, a corn on the cob. I said, well, how are you going to eat it? Well, she said she would have got a knife, a sharp knife, and knocked the corn off the cob and eaten it that way. You're at a restaurant where it's basically you you dive in, you nosh down. It's a lot of finger foods. There's no. I don't think I even got delivered a knife and fork. And, and the and the uh, and the lady said, "Oh, we've had a really busy day. We haven't got much cutlery left." Well, thanks very much. I ordered the finger foods, so I'm going to eat it with the fingers, however inelegant I am. Now, is there an etiquette about eating corn? I mean, next time, I'm going to probably bring a Swiss Army knife and knock those kernels off because I do not want to get the desk there. If I got the desk there, I mean, I had queso dripping from my chin onto the, on, you know, when, when I tried to overload, overstack the chip. And then I was trying to basically gnaw this, <laughs> this corn on the cob like a hungry dog, trying to get the meat off a bone. And I got the stare. And when you get the stare you realize next time you're only going to order food that requires cutlery that I've basically learned and trained over the course of many, many moons at boarding school where you basically eat, learn to eat properly. Learn to eat properly, but you've only got five minutes between the end of lessons and to get out playing rugby, so I eat really quickly. That's the thing. I don't think I'm necessarily a messy eater. I'm careless because I was trained to eat quickly. So I want to reenact the moment I was seen with queso dripping from my chin and 
corn cob stuck in my teeth after gnawing down it. This was the look that I got, and this was the music that accompanied that look. Dripping cheese, chips everywhere, corn stuck in the teeth, vigorous gnawing. Is that how you eat? I do love a good zoom background, absolutely adore a good zoom background. And um, I saw one of the best the other day. It was basically the lady was delivering this call and she had a Harry Potter world zoom background. She also had right behind her, almost invigilating the whole zoom call, a baby Yoda. So it's a Harry Potter world with weird doors, ones hanging from the from the uh, ceiling. Everything was sort of starlight and very, very magical indeed. Very wizardy. I mean, I almost thought there could be some alchemy created during the zoom call. But made me think, I mean, you have to concentrate. I mean, people have been caught out with having sex toys on shelves during Zoom calls, and you can see that. Slightly distasteful books in the background. Now, I think it's about time that I take down my uh, Cindy Crawford picture uh, circa 1988. Probably about time that I take that down before the next Zoom call. So one doesn't mind being called a chef or cook, however much an amateur you are. But I heard the best the other day. And my darling absolutely doesn't despise his cooking, doesn't like basically heating up anything is too much of a problem sometimes. Yeah, never wants to do any of it. But she described herself the other day as one of the best descriptors of the art of cooking. She described herself as a cooker. I'm just a cooker. I mean, I don't know this is, it sort of involves reheating things in the microwave, boiling hot dogs. What sort of elements of the culinary skills would you have to include in when you describe me yourself as a cooker? But I see myself sort of an amateur chef. I think it's almost making yourself sound more mediocre, imbecilic in the art of the culinary masterpieces when you decide you know, you describe yourself as a cooker. Because I don't think if, if, if you would say, well, we're going to be having a little dinner party tomorrow um, and uh, rather lovely, lovely little drinks involved, beautiful bottle of wine, uh, maybe some beer, so a couple of cocktails. Uh, but my partner uh, is going to be the cooker. I mean, you probably would have something to eat beforehand, wouldn't you? Before the dinner party, you'd decide, yeah, I, I'm probably, probably going to have a couple of snacks. Maybe a slice of toast with some marmalade on or something along those lines. I mean, talking of the whole Zoom call thing, and I think we're all doing it. I mean, a lot of people are back in offices, but still Zooming. They're in the next door office, but they're still Zooming with each other. That's, really, that's what's going on. But there was a, a gentleman in the call who sort of admitted, uh, rather embarrassing, I think people sort of blushed and wanted to get off the call but there's a couple of things firstly the person on the zoom call 
who talks a little bit too much. And then people start dropping off. Well, I need to go, need to go to another meeting. But the guy's just rambling on about why he moved from Canada to the US. But the next thing is the doomsday prepper who admits that he's got 200 bottles of water, 300, bo- 300 cans of tomatoes, tomato soup, mushroom soup, whatever it is, just in case the Armageddon does come. And then he has, you know, a whole artillery of shotguns and guns. I mean, this is on a Zoom call and people are just like, uh, oh, okay. So uh, what's everybody going to do for the weekend? Do you like smooth peanut butter or do you like the crunchy peanut butter? Just trying to change the subject. And it's thinking now, I'm not very well prepared. I have a lot of canned food. I mean, the fr- freezer's full, but you know, if the electricity goes out, you're, you're buggered. I mean, all of that's going to be, <laughs> all of that chicken is going to be pretty rancid in no time. You know, and, and all the eggs as well. When you've got like, and I think my last count is 65 eggs. They've got 65 eggs ready to go. In the Armageddon with the electricity out. I mean, I've got plenty of marmalade and I've got a cricket bat. How does that grab you, zombie apocalypse? So have you ever changed your morning habits? Now, I've been shaving in the shower, I think, for 25 years. And, and a couple of weeks ago, I decided that I'd make a huge alteration. Now shave before the shower. And you know what? With a little bit of shaving foam on there. I haven't got the uh, horsehair brush, though, that I think I need a little pot. I mean, I really, that sounds so therapeutic, isn't it? A little pot of his shaving foam there, dabbing it all over your face. But I think, you know, I'm getting my, I'm getting the shaving foam all over the face. But the face is still dry. It's not wet. Like when I have a shower, the face is wet. I think a little bit of friction does help when it comes to shaving. Uh, the, the added bit of friction really does uh, give you a little bit of help there and assistance. So that is that is one of the things that I've done and one of the changes that I've made in the morning. Other like morning challenges I have, like I get back, I'm a little sweaty on the t-shirt, especially with warmer days in recent, uh, in recent days anyway, it's been warmer. And I'm trying to take off a, a sweaty shirt that's basically stuck to the torso. And... One of the things I need to do is is I don't want to remove the AirPods out of my ears. Now, if, if I as I take the sweaty shirt off, if I knock out the AirPods as I remove the sweaty shirt from my lug holes, then it's probably not going to be a good day. If I get it over smoothly with the music still in the ears after the uh, sweaty operation has taken place, then I know it's going to be a good day. On the, on the subject of AirPods, though, and I think I mentioned this uh, at the beginning of one of the shows, but I never really talked about it. So, AirPods are one of the greatest inventions in the world. And hats off to Apple. Went over to the Apple store the other day. They replaced my popping AirPods that are two years old. Thank you very much, Apple. Wonderful customer service. You're going to have a be for a customer for a very long time. Hats off, Tim Apple. Anyway, the thing with AirPods, though, is... It's okay when you take them out and you take a little peek at your own AirPods. I mean, I think everybody does it here. It's like when you're cleaning your ears. Basically, AirPods are like ear cleaners, but with music going in. They're, they're, they're like, they're like ear, earbuds, cotton swabs, but with music coming out. So you look at them. Oh, yes, earwax. Pretty disgusting. But the worst thing ever is looking at somebody else's used AirPods. 
We're talking about baby bat, baby bat ribs, rancid milk, and somebody else's earwax in the AirPods. That's going to turn my stomach very, very quickly. There's your three today. Ribs with fat on them, rancid, rotten, sour milk, and looking at earwax from somebody other's earbuds. Mmm, beautiful. From Zac Efron to Margaret Robbie, many of the world's most beautiful celebrities are known for their square faces. Now, a new study claims that people with this face shape are seen as more aggressive than them, those with oval faces such as Rihanna and Ben Affleck. Don't be, don't go, don't go all, don't go all piling in on Ben Affleck here. Just because he's got a bit of a double chin. I know the feeling that, you know, the weights fluctuate and you get the double chin. I think he has a square face normally. When he's put on a bit more weight, it gets a little bit more oval. Researchers from the University of New South Wales measured the facial width to height ratio. Passport images of male and female faces before asking people to rate for aggression. The results revealed that faces with a high FWHR square faces are rated more aggressive than people with FWHR oval faces. How about an FWHR with three chins? I think that's probably me, particularly if they belong to young men. In this study, the team set to understand whether face shape is linked to perceived aggression. Humans extract a great deal of social relevant information from people's faces and make social inferences about unfamiliar people with a single glance. FWHR is a cue that's been linked to a variety of social inferences. FWHR can be calculated the width of the face divided by the vertical distance between the high point of the upper lip and the highest point of the eyelids. What happened if you just had your lips filled with but uh, buttocks? Botox even. If you've got like fat lips, they're wider, so that's affecting the, uh, the, the, the whole length ratio, isn't it? The measurements reveal that male faces have a significantly higher FWHR to female faces. And this is the thing. I think this is why I'm being sold with other high forehead now. People think I'm losing my hair. My hair's just higher and my forehead's higher than the average person. However, the opposite was true from the age of 40, with female faces found to be significantly higher FWHR to males from this age. In the next part of the study, the researchers asked 121 participants to rate 1,893 of the passport images for aggression. The results revealed the faces of the high FWHR were perceived as more aggressive than people with low FWHR faces, particularly because they belong to men. The researchers suggest that young men, square faces may serve as a signal of physical strength. I mean, this is the most male chauvinist article I think I've ever read here. This pattern is in young adults is consistent with the view that FWHR is an evolutionary important cue to double traits of sexual dynamism. In this age, bandolines are the period of life most commonly associated with mate selection and intrasexual competition. Researchers from Nisping University in Canada looked at how facial features affect sexual behaviors. Their study involved 314 undergraduate students. Each student completed a questionnaire about their interpersonal behavior, sex drive, sexual orientation, the chances that they consider cheating, and socio-sexual orientation. This is the measure of how comfortable you are with the concept of casual sex. The researchers also took a picture of each student to analyze the FWHR. The results showed that men and women with high FWHR square and wide faces reported a greater sex drive than others. Men with face shapes are also found to be more easygoing when it comes to casual sex and would consider being unfaithful to their partners. 
But apparently, though, entrepreneurs like Richard Branson and Elon Musk are likely to have symmetrical faces. Lovely having you here for the podcast. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. As you said, we're getting up into the upper echelons. We're getting very close to the 200 mark on the podcast. I'm thinking, should I 200? Do you think I should retire at 200? It's like 200 not out in cricket. Maybe I should hold my bat high and retire. Thank you very much. Good night, everybody. Here's my bat catalog. I don't know about that, though. Anyway, like and subscribe where you can. Uh, Instagram, also Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Keep Calm and Cauliflower Tweets. Twitter at Keep Cheese, and uh, I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm also Spotify Podcasts for the audio. There's an audio Spotify, Slaker Bracker, uh, also iHeartRadio, Pandora. We have Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, absolutely everywhere. As I, as I poured the last glug of that sour milk into, into my kitchen sink, the last glug, I could hear the dulcet, sour tones of Chappie emanating from the sink as the last of that rotten, lumpy milk went down. I mean, you can hear it absolutely everywhere. If you like music, though, on the Butler Emporium edition of the podcast, lots of trumpets, lots of lazy trumpets, like Diamonds, Herb Alpert, Summertime, The Living Is Easy, Saduk, Goldfinger, Midnight Train to Georgia, September, Reasons, a little bit of Earth, Wind and Fire there, some Dang as well, More Today Than Yesterday, Anytime There's a Lazy Trumpet, Anytime You Just Want to Chill Out to the boisterous but lazy sound of a trumpet you're going to hear that on the butler and point musical edition on spotify of keep calm and cauliflower cheese coming up next we have a poem this is prologue to spring the winter landscape hangs in balance now transfixed by a glare of blue from the gorgon's eye the skaters freeze within a stone tableau air alters into glass and the whole sky grows brittle as the tilted china bowl hill and valley stiffen row on row each fallen leaf is trapped by a spell of steel crimped like fern in the quartz atmosphere repose of sculpture holds the country still what counter magic can undo the snare which stopped the season in its tracks and suspended all that might occur locked in crystal caskets are the lakes Yet as we wonder with cam come of ice, green singing birds explore from all the rocks. Thank you so much again. I will be back again next week, God willing, for more Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. The Chappy Mangle again out next week and we'll squeeze all sorts of nonsense from that Chappy Mangle for your audio delectation and delight. Until next time, it's Chappy saying cheerio for now.